1: What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Tez. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. When is enough enough? When have you had it with the person that you thought that you loved and they crossed the final line?
2: Free money is out there.
1: Just go get it by starting your podcast today.
2: Our players this week are Dominique Whitaker, the victim, and Kayla Nelson, our murderess. Kayla Nelson was born on October 9th,
1: 1982 and was raised in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. She was known as a very outgoing and intelligent young lady with a stellar personality and basketball skills that you wouldn't believe. Not only was she the basketball team captain and point guard, she was also on track to graduate at the top of her class. She was well-liked in school. People naturally wanted to be around her. Everything seemed to be going well for her, especially when she, the star player of the women's basketball, basketball team started dating the star player
2: of the men's team, Dominique Whitaker. Dominique Whitaker was born December 31st, 1982, and was raised in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. He was known as a quiet guy who was really loyal to his friends, family, and his teammates. This is like the late 90s, early 2000s, and my man's had the, uh, the net braids, and he was really close to his mom, and his mom would braid it up for him and put the little beads on it, I can imagine that style like him, the braids, the bees, the long white tee, the lean with it, right with air, you know? Absolutely. So even as a kid, he was very shy. He kept to himself and he loved to play video games. He would ask his sister Geisha to bring him a play while he would sit in front of the TV and he like avoided interaction with most people, like very much a homebody, very much kept to himself. Even at family functions, like it's not like he was just like, I don't like new people, but like he just was a solitude type of person, you know? You only spoke only spoke. Right. When spoken right, spoke to. That's 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 me like a thing. that will be like, she didn't say nothing. Nobody addressed me personally that required a response. Like
1: <laughs> it's so funny because Tazzy and and people that don't know you just at a like function, they would be like, oh, she doesn't talk. But people that know you, like sometimes
2: that nigga just be talking. Right. But like, I don't know, catch me out and I don't know nobody. It's either I don't talk or, like, the very moments I talk. (laughs) It's like, oh, wow. She does speak. For a short time in his life, he was living in Oregon, playing basketball, but eventually returned back home to Arkadelphia. He was also great at playing basketball. He was averaging 30 points a game, and he also played football, too. Like, he was a great offensive player. In high school, he was elected into the student council, like, very involved in the things at school. Now, Kayla and Dominique, they were the it couple in school. Like, the stereotypical athletes dating athletes. I'm the captain, you're the captain. Or a match made in heaven think, type shit. I feel like I only see that in movies. Did that actually happen at our high school? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Brian and um what's the nigga name? The fine one with the lashes. Dark skin, quarterback. Oh, the went to Harvard. Brian and Norman. Yep. Uh they Breon were almost the couple. captain of the cheerleading team and Norman was the quarterback and captain of the football team. They were a cute couple. They were above us. There was nobody in our class because our <laughs> class wasn't shit. Yeah, you that know, was my sister's great. They were always seen laughing and smiling, holding hands. They were making plans for the future. They was like high school. We just get started. Like we only gonna get better from here. Like we want to be this power couple forever, right? Like Dominic's like I'm gonna play basketball in college, and Kayla's like I'm gonna go be a physician. It was gonna be a dream team, you know. So senior year comes, and Kayla finds out. She's pregnant. One of her teammates said that she told the team that she was pregnant about three months into her pregnancy and played basketball throughout most of her pregnancy. We had a girl on our soccer team who was pregnant. Soccer? What if she got hit in the stomach? And my coach was like, "Elbow." My coach saw her the next year and he was like, "Were you?" Because like the math, he was doing the math, and I was like, "For you to have a baby at this time, you'd have had to be pregnant in the soccer season." She's like, "I didn't know." I was like, "Okay, girl." You was on that field. Because, you know, y'all play mean in soccer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so she played while she was pregnant. And not only did she continue to excel in basketball, but she also continued to excel in school. She ended up graduating high school valedictorian with a 4.0 GPA
1: which is really great.
2: And I she mean, fantastic. Wow, with the baby? With the baby. But the baby wasn't technically born yet. She was still pregnant. Yeah, but I know pregnancy is uncomfortable or whatever. It just You probably just got so much shit running through your mind and she just kept them head in the books and on the court, huh? I don't know. Senior year is usually pretty
1: easy. If you have set yourself up for the children, if you are in high school, set yourself up for your senior year. Your senior year should not be hard. Do the work but ahead of time. Maybe that's what she did. Either way, mm. she did it. 4.0. I didn't graduate with a 4.0. sure did But I had scholarships pouring in. She also has scholarships pouring in. And so once her baby girl was born, she actually decided not to accept any of those scholarships, but instead, she decided that she wanted to settle down in Arkadelphia and try to be the best mother that she could. And this and the same thing with Dominique. He had scholarships coming in to play basketball, and he also turned them down because well, he Thought he was doing the right thing by being there and so that he could be a father to his child. After little baby girl's arrival, the young couple decided to start living together. They were living together, but eh, they were not prepared for how expensive having a baby is. So it started really putting a strain on the relationship and the two actually couldn't afford to live Together, they both move back in with their prospective parents. In 2003, they find out they're pregnant again and have another baby. So they have two daughters at this time. They still are at a huge financial strain. And Dominique, he's still working, trying to do everything he can. Kayla's working, trying to do everything. The strain... Really takes a toll on them. So in two thousand four, the couple actually break up. And a few months into this little breakup, Dominique meets a woman named Yolanda Woodrow. Yolanda just got out of a relationship herself, and they were friends. They were talking or whatever, and they quickly started developing more feelings. And they started getting romantic. They was kicking it and being together for about six months. They had a pretty great relationship. You know, there was sexual chemistry between them, obviously, but. After six months, they both decided to go back to their exes. And they said they end on like very amicable, like, yeah, I'm going to go back here. It's like, yeah, you're a rebound. You're a rebound too. Let's go back home. Mm -hmm.
2: I think it was he already had a child and her trying to envision a life. I think she felt like she was going to come in between the family or make it hard on his kids. And I think Maybe she wasn't ready. Yeah, because it's
1: young. They're in their early 20s. Like, it's hard. Even in my late 20s, it's like, ooh, would I date somebody with a child? But I know for a fact in my early 20s, I wouldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, they return to their exes. And then a month later, Yolanda finds out that she is pregnant and the math is mathing, it has to be Dominique's baby. However, before she told him, she ended up having a miscarriage. Shockingly. So she, you know, stopped talking to Dominique. They lost contact. They're back doing their thing. And a month after that, she goes to the doctor and the doctor is like, You're pregnant. And she's like, ain't no, no I'm not. Like, I ain't no way. <laughs> like, I had a miscarriage. I know I it happened at, at, at home. I know what happened. <laughs> right. And the doctor was like, no, turns out you were pregnant with twins and you only miscarried one child. So you have a daughter in you right now. And she's like, okay. According to her, by this time she had lost Dominique's number. She didn't have a way to get, really get into contact with him. And she didn't really know much of anything of how to find him to let him know that he has a daughter. And so the baby was about four years old. And she and it, this is like 2010 when she was four. So the baby's about four years old. And so she decides to go through the child support office, find where Dominique is. And so when they finally did reach out to Dominique, Dominique is like, of course, he's surprised because here you're popping up with my child after four years. But You know, he's a stand-up guy. So he's really excited and he's starting to make plans to meet his new daughter. And he's telling his mom and his sister about it. Now he has to figure out what this relationship is going to look like as he leads up to meeting daughter number three.
2: Now, in the meantime, at this point in 2010, Dominic and Kayla, you know, they're back together. They're like, OK, you know what? Had the little time that we needed. We're ready to try it again. We're ready to live on our own and be with each other. Right. Kayla had gotten a job as assistant manager of a local restaurant and this higher salary actually allowed her to start building a home. I think I heard that she was also possibly working towards becoming a co-owner of that restaurant.
1: A lot of people work up that way. So I could see that. And I mean, She's making enough so that she, because that's what's happening. She's literally building it from the ground up, like a construction site, found a plot of land type of thing.
2: No, no, no. Not the home, the restaurant. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why she was able to afford that. Uh, Yeah, she's like, I'm going to start building this home for me and my family. You know, this is where everyone thought her, Dominique, and their kid would live happily ever after, right? Like most other men, Dominique's video game habit has only grown now he can buy himself all the games that he ever dreamed of. <laughs> and he had an elaborate computer set up in his room. And he had his online friends that he would game with. You know, headset ready. They, they love to put that headset on and play together, boy. And so, yeah, he was logging on to this game, like, damn near every day. And Kayla would come home after a long stay at work. And she would cook her man some dinner. And he'd stay glued to that TV screen. The day is July 4th, 2010. Kayla and Dominique, they both come home to the construction site that is their new house. No one knows for sure what this little tiff they got into was about, but it's suspected that Kayla has found out about Dominique's secret baby, and this has really put a rift between them, and that is possibly what they have argued about, right? So the argument escalates, and Kayla pulls out a gun, and Dominique turns around and runs away from her kayla shoots dominique twice in the back killing him she drags his body over to a burn pile that she has on the property covered the body with blankets and cardboard and then pours gasoline on this blanket and cardboard and sets
0: it on fire streaming october 6th on paramount plus first place i learned about death was a pet cemetery dead things buried in that land would come back there's something else something's wrong continue He needs time to adjust. That's not Timmy. Something's talking to him. Sometimes dead is better. Pet Pet Cemetery. Bloodlines. Rated R. Streaming only on Paramount+. Plus.
2: After this waiting to exhale moment, she leaves the construction site and she heads to the house that they're staying at in the meantime and gets ready for a church trip that she's about to take. So she leaves
1: immediately for this church trip, and a few days go by, and it's July 9th, 2010. And Mary, Dominique's mother, is very worried because she has not heard from her son. Now, I don't think we mentioned this, but he is a mama's boy. They speak every day, and her going one day without speaking to him is already worrisome. But you know, he's a grown man. Her going five days without speaking to her son? Oh, she knows something is up. And the officers, initially, they weren't worried because— A, he's an adult. B, we know your family. We know his history, which is. Little to none, he's not a dangerous person. He doesn't hang out with dangerous people. It's very likely that he just left on his own. Eventually, the police do make their way to Mary's house and they ask her all of the normal questions. When's the last time you saw him? What is he wearing? And she's trying to explain everything that he was wearing. And she also remembered that she had just finished braiding his hair. She's like, he's got blue braids in his hair. Um, I don't know where he could have gone. I've been calling his phone. It's going straight off. I don't know. And so they're like, okay, can we search his bedroom? Of course, she lets them in. She says that it doesn't look like anything is missing or out of the ordinary, as far as she can tell. So they're like, "Okay, um, is there anything else?" She she was like, "I don't know. Like he has kids. Like we don't. I don't know." And so they're like, "Okay, well, why don't you call over his baby moms?" Kayla had just like just gotten back from the trip and she gets called over she comes over she talks to the detective and they're like do you have you heard of anything and she's like listen I just got back from a church trip I've just got service this was the first call I got my boots have just hit Arkadelphia soil I haven't even had time to get up with Dominique like you know I'm a mother I got kids I got to do all these things so they ask her well will you look into Dominique's room you probably would know if his room was missing something more than anybody else. So she goes in and she's like, oh, yeah, you know, nothing looks crazy. I mean, it looks like maybe a pair of shoes are missing. A belt is missing that he always has. It looks like some jewelry is missing, but still nothing really out of the ordinary. The police take what evidence they can find and the statements and they leave. Now, Kayla, she starts feeling the heat because, all right, Now we know that Dominique is missing, so she heads back to the building site to make sure that Dominique is burned to ashes just like she planned. He was not, obviously, because that is not how you burn a body. And she sees that he is somewhat skeletonized. She freaks out because... Oh, no, she still has a dead body on her hand. She decides to call her friend, Jarrell your bar. And she calls Jarrell, and she's like, oh, Jarrell, like, I need you to come over. I just need some help with this thing real quick. Can you come over to the construction site? He says, okay. He goes over to the construction site, and he sees Dominique's body in a burn pile. And she's like, listen, listen, listen. We got into an argument, and it was an accident. I shot him, and I really need help to get rid of what we're doing. So Jarrell helps Kayla put Dominique into a Rubbermaid tote, loads the body into Jarrell's car, and drove to Dallas County where they dumped the body on the side of the road. And it was literally five minutes away from Kayla's house, well, where she was staying at the moment.
2: Now, as news of Dominique's disappearance spread around town, everyone was shocked that Dominique was even missing to begin with. The police subpoenaed Dominique's phone records to find his last location, but they were blank. Like, they weren't coming up with nothing, meaning his phone was off. They also go to his job, and they're like, listen, what do you know about Dominique? We're trying to figure out his last known whereabouts. And it's like, yeah, we haven't seen him since before the 4th of July. He's like, oh, word? And it was like, yeah, he was supposed to come and pick up his paycheck. He didn't even do that. You know, missed days Red flag. Work. Right. <laughs> Biggest red flag there ever was. According to his employers, it was like, okay, so has he been scheduled since? It was like, yeah, and he's missed days. And that's that's not like Dominic. He don't miss work. They're like, listen, this is giving suspicious. Don't nobody leave no money on the table. This might just be a little bit more than a missing person, you know? Like, he might be really in danger and not just... Hiding out, right? He ain't got that much money to start off with. Like, probably at this moment, he's got about $300 to his name, which isn't going to last him long. So he would definitely need that check to be gone for a while, right? To be gone for a significant amount of time. He also didn't have a car. So to go somewhere, he'd have to borrow his mom. It's not like he just busting out of here whenever he wants to, right? So the investigators are like, okay, what do we know about him? He's a gamer. Let's see if maybe he went to go meet up with his online friends or something, and they subpoena his gaming records, and they find his friends. But they're like, yeah, haven't seen bro on a game in a while either, you know? It was like we was getting he logs looked, in, right? This this nigga here every day, and we ain't seen him in a minute, so we've been wondering what was up. But you know, ain't no way to reach out. It's just over the games, right? The days are passing. Investigators are like, okay, we're running out of leads here. So they was like, you know what? Let's look into his criminal history. If he was in some shit, some shit might have found him, right? So they look. This nigga don't even got a criminal record. So it's looking like you know he don't do bad things. Not even so much as a parking ticket. Like. He so it doesn't look like he's associating with the wrong crowd. So at this point, so why would bad things happen? Right at this point, he's labeled a quote unquote low risk victim, and I like okay, there is like not that many people on our suspect list, and they are running out fast.
1: On July fifteenth, two thousand ten, a timber worker is like surveying the landscape. They're about to start building neighborhoods which means that they're about to start. They're doing that over at my house. They've tore down so much forest because they're building neighborhoods. I hate seeing it. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And it's crazy how fast they did it. But anyways, a timber worker is getting ready to do that. and He's checking out the landscape and he's just starts smelling this horrible, foul smell. He had to have been white because instead of going away from the smell, he went towards it to find out what it was. And then he finds a body. He calls the police. The Arkandelphia police arrive and they find a human skull and torso. Of course, at this point, the remains had been very skeletonized. It was very clear that, that the elements had gotten to the body, that wildlife had gotten to the body, and they weren't sure who or what they were looking at at the time. However, one of the detectives saw that attached to the hair on the skull were blue beads. And he knew that he found Dominique. Of course, for confirmation, they had to send off the body to a lab in Little Rock and wait for the results to come back. The medical examiner also found a cause of death, a gunshot wound to the spine from behind. They also know from the angle of the wound that he was like falling forward When he was shot, they said that he had to have been running away. And I feel like it was one of two things when I was reading this. I feel like he was either running and tripped on something because they were at a construction zone. Or, you know how when you are turning to run and and you know you're about to go really fast and you have like those two steps of trying to get your feet underneath you before you start zooming? I feel like it was one of those moments for him. But either way, the hit is in the back. Now, returning to the charred bones, there was really nothing in the area that showed that a burning happened at this location. So the investigators are like, okay, so we know that this crime happened somewhere else. And then the body was transported where we have now found it. When the family and friends find out about this, they are, I mean, they're sad and they're traumatized. They're devastated because how could something like this happen? Who would do something like this to this young guy that was just trying to make a way for his family. And on top of that, the investigators really had
2: nothing. Four days later on July 19th, Kayla needed a diversion for the police. And so she's like, okay, let me point him in another direction. Okay. She's like, you know who be up to no good? Gangs. All right. So she gets some paper and a red marker and in this weird ass font, like it's like Big and crooked and just kind of very much I don't want you to trace this handwriting back to me type of handwriting right and it says we killed your boyfriend over our queen and drug money you will be next then it was signed bloods for life and she like took the four and the like the long part of the four also doubled as the L for life she googled that <laughs> She, she put a lot of effort into this, okay? So She saw that in a movie. I'm telling you. She makes a few of these letters, right? And she tapes them around her house, and she tapes them on a the garage door. And she calls the police, and she's like, oh, I got help. I came home, and there's these threatening letters from Bloods telling me that they are going to kill me. They said that they did it. They did it. Not me. <laughs> they said that they did it. They did it. Whatever will I do? Come help. Save me. Officers come to the house, they're looking, and I'm like, hmm, okay. I'll sign a forced entry. We do, we do see some cigarette butts in the garage, Bag that. We're gonna have to test it for some DNA. They're waiting on DNA, and they're looking at these letters, and they're like, this shit is... We're learning our letters. It's giving what your kid brought home from school. Like, it's just very... It's not giving, gang. That's what it's not giving, right? But also, like... They
1: said that that area did not have gang a huge gang
2: population.
1: Like I, we did one case where she knew that gangsters had just killed somebody, so that
2: she set it up to be like the gangsters. Mm-hmm. Ain't no gangsters. So the cops are like, "We are not. We are not convinced." I say that much. And then the DNA comes back on the cigarette butts, and they find out that's just the damn construction workers smoking on site. So that's not leading to nothing either, right? That is like, we don't have any sign that anybody but you were here. It was like, this letter is, they said, was amateur and childish, okay? It was like, this man is a homebody. This man is a gamer. This man don't spend his time with nobody but you and his kids and will miss a party in a heartbeat. How we supposed to believe this man involved with gangs? And how we to believe... That a gang in a very low, low, low-level gang activity area has come and threatened this in-the-house-ass nigga and decided he wanted to kill him because he's done something to their queen? Do they even have a queen? Do they have gang... <laughs> Do they have a queen? She thought they was a worker bees. I'm telling you, that's what I'm thinking of. Every time I just, I see bees. She- <laughs> so
1: the police are, I mean, they really don't know what to do at this point. So they decided to circle back and talk to everybody, talk to family and friends. And this time, you know, they always get something different. This time they found out about the new secret baby, the new baby that Dominique had just found out about. He had just told his mama about. He has not even met the baby yet. Everybody's just fighting about this new thing. And The police are like, well, you know what? Them letters seem pretty fake, and this seems like a really good reason for somebody to want somebody else dead. So they call her in for questioning. They say, Kayla, come on down. They question her on July 28th, and at first she maintains that she has absolutely no idea what happened to Dominique, that she had not seen him after July 4th, after she dropped him off, and That was that. They started questioning her some more. She started breaking and she was like, okay, this is what happened. I was with my friend, Jarrell, and he came over. We had like a barbecue. We were shooting fireworks, you know, 4th of July stuff. And Dominique came around like 11 p.m. And when he saw me with Jarrell, he got so angry. He got mad. He got jealous. Like he was pissed to see me with this other dude And so those two got into an argument. They started getting into a verbal application and that escalated. So when Dominique tried to leave and run away, Jarrell shot him two times in the back. Now, not knowing what we all know, that's a pretty interesting story and almost believable one. Like she really thought that one out. (laughs) So on July 29th, they bring in Jarrell for questioning and they're like, all right, look, dude. We know what happened. We already have Kayla saying that you killed Dominique, and we need you to go ahead and tell us what happened. he's like, "What? No. The white man was talking about Jarrell said he's like, "I didn't kill him. I didn't shoot him, but I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what I did do. Listen. I'll tell you, the only thing I can tell you about is me. So he tells the entire story the way that we have told it to you. So on the morning of July 30th, he was charged with abuse of a corpse and hindering apprehension.
2: Now they're like, all right, we need to go back to talk to Taylor again, see what the hell this is all about, right? And now this time they're like, we coming in direct. Listen, we know you're lying. We got evidence against you. We know it was you who killed Dominique. And Kayla is terrified. She's like, okay, listen,
0: listen, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
2: It was me. I was mad. We was arguing. I shot him. But listen, it was was self-defense, you know, because he had been beating me for 10 years and I was in fear for my life, right? But is that the case that you were in fear for your life because you shot him in the back while he was running away from you? So as we know, if they running, self-defense no longer holds up. Keep that in mind, guys. So she told them that she dragged him to a burn pile on her property and began burning him. And then she says she left for a church camping trip. She's crying and she's telling, she's telling them, I was scared to call the police. When I realized what happened, when I realized he was dead, I just I didn't know what to do. And the cop is like, listen. Why didn't you help us during the investigation? You knew we was looking for his killer. You pointed us in every other direction except for you, And she's like, I was scared. You don't know what I've been through. I've been abused. I'm hurt. I'm traumatized. I don't know what's going on, okay? And she's like, by the way, the letters were fake, too. I wrote them. They're like, oh, big surprise, Kayla. Like we didn't know. <laughs> so they immediately arrest her, and they charge her with first-degree murder and abuse of a corpse. Dominique's family held his funeral a week after the arrest, and there they stated, quote, "We know he's at peace, that he's okay, and that's what we have to look at." That's what his sister said. She also says, "As a family, we're okay, and we're playing for the other families involved. We don't have hatred in our heart, and we don't have harsh feelings
1: and What was crazy was at that time his again, he had not met his daughter. His newest daughter into his life, and his mom and his sister were really excited about it. So at the funeral, they were talking about how they were excited to meet baby girl number three. Now, while Kayla was figuring out what, it, what how she was going to plead, the prosecution was getting ready to set up the story that J- that Kayla was jealous and angry when she found out that she had that he had another baby. Their argument was that that news was enough to make Kayla snap and cause her to kill him and cause her to feel the need to kill him. Kayla was going to stick with the story that he was angry and that he was abusive. And in the return, the state was like, actually, we have his new baby moms that was in a relationship with him. And she is ready to testify that he was kind, that he was very mild mannered, and she had a long relationship with him. So she would know how he was. And just to talk about how that timeline is still very eerie about finding out about the new baby and the crime. Friends and family, if you let the you let the streets tell it, they were like, yes, Kayla was probably upset about the baby. Who wouldn't be? But also, they were like, Kayla was kind of harboring some resentment because, you know, she's here now. She's the valedictorian and she didn't go to college. She's a valedictorian and she's not a physician, you know? And I feel it. Because what best out of their lives. Those are the ones we expect. Right. You had it all set podcasting. up for you. What are you doing? Right. So, I mean, she, so she's feeling that. And they said that because of that, she's kind of resenting Dominique. And I, You know, I'll, I'll play ball with that. Despite all that, on October 18th, 2011, Kayla, now 28, pleads guilty to first-degree murder and abuse of a corpse. The judge, Robert McCollum, sentences her to 31 years in prison, and he cites that he sentences her to this instead of life because he actually does believe her claims of being abused in the relationship. Now, the defense did request that she be sentenced to 10 years in prison, which obviously she did not get, but they did eventually say that the sentencing was fair. Dominique's mother says that she feels that justice was served and Kayla will be eligible for parole on January 25th, 2029 at the age of 47. In December of 2011, Jarrell pleaded guilty for abuse of a corpse and hindering apprehension. He received 493 days in prison and 18 years probation. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of probation. You in Arkansas, you ain't going hunting no more. Now, Kayla and Dominique's two daughters, Jamara and Asher, they live with Kayla's mother. And that's the end of the story. That is short, 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 short. Yes, I know, right? We wear
2: short, short.
1: All right, y'all, it's time for...
2: Well, I'm not black. I'm OJ. I
1: ain't do it, but if I did, this is how I got away with it.
2: I ain't do it, but if I did, if I got scholarships lined up, I'm taking it. Especially having a kid, like, I just feel like that's how I'm going to make the best life for them fastest. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like... One of
1: y'all, even if it's not both of y'all, one of y'all needs to be in the investment. And I feel like I understand from, okay, so my cousin, he got his, not his girl. He got, he gave birth, a girl gave birth to his son when he was 18 and he had gotten a lot of scholarships to go play baseball at a lot of different colleges. He didn't know what to do. Because, on one hand, I don't wanna be a statistic. I wanna be there for my kid. But on the other hand, I have all these scholarships. And the stuff that he was hearing from, like, the people around him, his mom and his aunt, and the people that loved him, was we'll support whatever decision that you make, which sounds great, right? But at 18, somebody needed to be like, no, this is the decision that you need to make. The kid is going to be a baby for a couple of years. You may have to be seeing on the holidays in the first four years, but you need to go to college. You need to make sure that these things are taken. everybody around. And this seemed like they had a nice family support. I feel like if somebody would have been like, actually, we can all pitch in to help make sure that you guys still have the investment that you need in your future. And I was talking to my cousin one time and when he was making that decision, I was much younger and I definitely wouldn't have told him. I would definitely wouldn't have given him that same advice at the time because I was younger at the time. But I told him, I was like, you know, from the things that I know about our family, you really could have just gone to school wherever and guaranteed that kid would have been taken care of. You know us. You know that that kid not going to go hungry, not going to go without nothing, you know, because we're not going to do that. You could have just gone to school. He was like, I really needed somebody to tell me that when I was 18. So maybe somebody needs to tell these kids That you actually, for real, got their back. Don't assume that they know it.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah. I ain't do it, but if I did, I definitely would have let Payday hit first. Like, that's at least going to draw you more time before shit gets suspicious. I don't know why he wasn't set up on direct deposit. Well, it was the early 2000s. People were still getting paper checks. Mm Mm-mm. Yes, they were. It's 2010. That ain't that damn early.
1: No. I was
2: doing mobile deposits for checks on my phone in 2010.
1: Yeah, but a lot of places were... I was still getting non-direct deposit checks in college when I was working at the club. Like, it doesn't, it just depends on where he was working. And they in the country, so it's not like he was working at Chick-fil-A or some chain restaurant. I ain't do it, but if I did... Girl, you know that his mama knows his braids. You should have cut them braids off.
2: (laughs) Get rid of them. I ain't do it if I did. Maybe if you went to school, you'd have learned that you couldn't burn a body like that. Physician school. (laughs) Did you say physician school? That's what she said. She was Uh, trying to be physician. Maybe you would have went to physician school. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have learned how to burn a body and that ain't it. I'm dead. I ain't do it, but if I did,
1: y'all were literally building a house from the ground up. If you would have planned it correctly, you probably could have got
2: him under. Okay. All right, Mara. You mean under the foundation. He not here. She'd have to plan it just right, like, I feel like once the ground got flat enough, they probably just laid the concrete. You know what I mean? For the Mm -hmm. foundation,
1: You had to do it just. But you could have. You just bought this land that you're about to build a whole house on, girl. All right. This is my last one. And I feel like this has become a pattern with some of these sisters who kill episodes. I ain't do it. But if I did, I would not be killing these niggas that have a strong foundation of black women around them that love them and care for them because mm-hmm. they're, going they're not
2: going to stop. Not my brother. Not my little brother. They would be damn near leading not the my investigation. Mama. I didn't feel like the cops not were working son. hard enough, so I went to check this out and discovered that. <laughs> I called I the started cops calling every around, day, asking for an update, made sure they didn't
1: forget about this case. They knew when I was calling. If the nigga has a strong foundation of black women that love him, go ahead and just... Don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. And, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> That's all I got. Parole or no parole. I feel like she got a light sentence. I mean, real easy. Compared peasy. to a lot of other states. That's how y'all rocking at Arkansas. I'm tell you. But I feel like his probation was hella long. Ugh. A little a little over a year and 18 years probation. Anything can send you back to prison for a very
2: long time. I mean, anything. It just like don't let you get a shitty ass PO that's just waiting on you to fuck up. Like. Why are you praying on my downfall?
1: Right. 18 years probation, that's crazy. 37 years, she's probably going to only serve like 10, 15, which is wild.
2: So you you paroling her or you not paroling her?
1: Um, I think that she should have I think she should serve like 30 years. Her if, maybe she can get out after 30, but I honestly like she a mess. Child. I think I might,
2: I think I might parole her after like 20 but I want to see good work. I want to see real good work. I saw
1: something online and it said that she was in a domestic violence, uh, survivor's class and she was there truly completed abuse, something else. Or is she still running with this story? I am not in the position to say that nobody, I can't say that nobody was lying about abuse unless it's proven that they're lying. And I'm not going to automatically call a woman a liar when she didn't go to court to defend it. And I'm just going to leave it at okay moving on with this little program of ours happy friday everybody and welcome to the reviews okay let's read some reviews actually let's do some voice memos all right you ready yep let me do that one okay this one is from trina
0: hello young sisters i am trina i live in oklahoma tulsa and it has been a joy to listen to you guys' podcast, and it's come go at the same time, but I mean some things that you guys have highlighted, I've never heard of, and continue to do what you do and stay safe and be blessed. Thank you, miss Trina. Thank you I Tulsa in the
1: house. I want to go to Tulsa. Do you? What do you want to see in Tulsa? Tulsa? I don't know. There's a lot of history in Tulsa. I want to see what's around there. Okay, this is from Renisha.
0: Hey, sisters. Um, I just started listening to the podcast, and I just have to say I effing love it. Um, Keep up the good work, and can't wait to hear the newest episode.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Can't wait for you to hear the newest episode. I love when y'all are around. All right, this is our last one. From
2: Tia.
0: Hey, Mariah and I just want to come in and say you guys are amazing. Y'all love everything that y'all do. Mariah, the song breaks. I'm singing with you, Tess, the giggles and the not me. you know. Like, I love it. I love everything about it. God gave y'all this for a reason. Don't let anybody get you down. Mariah heard what you said on the last episode, and I just want to say, like, just take it and run with it. I know negative reviews can hurt. I've been there with people bashing what I do or telling me I didn't do this good enough or I should have did this instead. But at the end of the day, God gave you the gift for a reason to shine the light and bring more awareness to these black crimes. Because a lot of these crimes I've never even heard of. So I just want to say thank you guys for uh um, still sticking
2: with it, and still pushing through. And y'all keep going, because you know what I'm saying? I be in the car talking back to y'all. Like, come on, sis. Y'all got it. You hear that, Sunflower? You. We'll let your light shine. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you to
1: you. Um, that's our. En- that's the end of the show for real. If you guys want to leave did us a voice read, memo. Did you want to read that
2: last review that you was torn between the other day?
1: Oh, yeah. I hope this comes out in time. So I have to remember that these... She said they're handmade with love. She is so excited to send us these uh, cups, and I'm so excited to get them. Shout out to you, Angelique. <laughs> she's going to be like, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, she's going to be like, did y'all get them? <laughs> okay, here it goes. It's a long one. This says, yo, Taz, read my review so I can, sh-. I don't know what the rest of it says. Sorry, Taz is not reading your review. It's going to be me, but I'm going to read it to her, Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna read it to her instead. She said, "LOL, nah, but for real, this podcast is a must." I grew up watching the ID channel with my mom and aunt, so the true crime itch is real. This modern version of the of the boring late night stories they repeat on Deadly Women and Snap Snaps, y'all go hard. These ladies do all the research with no bias, and they straight tell it like it is. You can't get that on cable TV. I live for Fridays, and not because it's payday. It should' have said, not just because it's payday. right
2: <laughs> listen, thank you, thank Mara you has right oh Mara has one on. of those I voices bet. that can gen-
1: Mara has one of those voices that can gently take a hold of you and whisper sweet nothings even when she's gruesomely describing a murder scene, and I love the singing girl, take me to church before y'all take that shit to trial, <laughs> Taz. I feel every bit of your Scorpio, baby. I love your energy. We need more real ones like you around. I bet your facial expressions go 10 times harder than the the comments we hear. Y'all the homies and don't even know it. Keep it up. Our stories need to be told through our perspective. Whoever leaving negative comments, just some haters. And my grandma say a hater ain't shit but the devil, baby. Okay. I didn't even know you put that many characters in a review on Apple, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. All right. Um, You guys can do both of those things. You can leave us a review on Apple. You can click five stars, leave us a review. You can also go on Anchor.fm. I'm sure the link is in the bio somewhere. And you can leave us a voice memo and you might hear your voice on the show. Um, You can also follow us on Twitter at Sisu Instagram, Sisters Who Kill Pod, TikTok, Sisters Who Kill Podcast, and follow, oh shoot, I hit the mic. And join the discussion group, answer the questions, and speak nicely to get in.
0: Anything else, friend?
2: Talk to a sweet talk bet. Bye. Bye-bye.